Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski with Mind Your Business. What is Mind Your Business? It is a website full of great content and podcasts that come from real world experience, not a bunch of crap you read in a textbook. Listen, folks, this is 30 years of me running businesses, businesses that I started from scratch or that I was hired to help run. This is real world great nuggets of knowledge. The whole idea of Mind Your Business is for you to build your personal capacity. It's your ability to make an impact in your world, whether it's an organization, whether it's a club, whether it's within your family, or anything you do, can you make an impact? And the answer is yes, but every day you got to get better. You've got to get stronger. It's just like being an athlete. You, you build your muscles, you build your endurance. Well, in business, you build your knowledge, you build your experience, you build your expertise, and then you take that to the marketplace. That is how you build your capacity. Now, who should be listening? There's not a soul out there that can't benefit from this content, but let me tell you, out of 10 people, everybody's going to get a different nugget out of every piece of content. So when you're listening to this, listen for the stuff that really resonates for you. And then send me a message. Connect with us. Be engaged. Let us know what's working for you and what you need more of. This is going to be a great, great adventure for all of us. And I'm very excited that you're a part of what we're doing. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Lewandowski with Mind Your Business. I'm really excited today because I have a very special guest. I have with me a gentleman named Nick Redwine, and Nick is a very successful entrepreneur, and now he's a college professor sharing with young people all of his insights, his wisdom, his life experience, and I am really excited to have Nick Redwine. Nick, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Glad to be here. This is fun. Nick, the thing I wanted to talk to you about, since we've known each other for 30 years, I wanted you to share with the, with our audience a little bit of insight about what's it like, what's your advice for a person that starts with nothing? In other words, they're not from a wealthy family. They didn't have a big head start. They didn't have the greatest job coming out of college. Maybe their life is actually a little bit of a struggle. Well, I think you're talking a little bit about both our backgrounds. We both came from that kind of environment. I know after I got out of the military, I started as a meter reader for Oklahoma Gas and Electric. That's about as bottom as it gets. I didn't have parents to go back to. I was on my own. I was 19 years old and and started at the bottom. And what I found out the very first thing was most people are not really willing to work that hard. So I just had the attitude of, okay, I'll just outwork you. So I worked full-time, and I went to college full-time at night and started working my way up up the corporate ladder. I I made it to vice president of operations for a company, and I, I walked away from that, that golden parachute to be an entrepreneur to start my own business 28 years ago. And every step along the way was a learning experience that I used, but it kept coming back to my, my values. I'll just outwork you, and I'll outwork you, and I'll be smarter than you are. And and so I started with nothing, and and 27 years ago, here we are sending it It sounds a little cocky. It does. Um, yeah. I know my values. I'm smarter than you, and I'll outwork you. Yep. So I want to talk – I want to mention two words. 
I want to talk about entitlements and effort. Were you just trying to get me upset here? Yes, and, I am. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm you're really trying. Yeah, I'll tell you what you're entitled to. You're entitled to get up and work hard every day of your life. That's what you're entitled to. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owed me anything. Nobody owes anybody anything. It doesn't mean we don't take care of our people that are disadvantaged. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the business world, you are owed nothing. You know, I, I, when I teach college. I've taught college now for 22 years. And this is going to sound harsh, and I'm sorry, but this is exactly how I believe. If, if you walk into your place of business and you walk through that door every morning and your intentions are not to increase the net income of the business, I'm sorry, you're waste. And waste has got to be removed. Now, that might sound harsh, but if you don't believe that, start your own business. So you just said that waste has to be removed, and I couldn't agree more. But now, I want to clear some, clarify something for the audience. You've been a teacher for 22 or 23 years. That's correct. Does that mean you're a professor, or are you an entrepreneur who happens to teach? I'm an entrepreneur who happens to teach. I really am. I, You know, I... I, I of course, I, we have a marketing book. I, I've taught pretty much all the business courses that are available at the school, but I'm known as the marketing teacher, and that's my background, and that's my love. But I, it's like I'd have to blow dust off that marketing book. That's not what I teach. I'll, watch it and I'll walk in the classroom, and I'll say, okay, guys, we're going to start with the income statement, and then we're going to apply the marketing mix to it, and then we're going to understand the economic world in which we live. Yeah, and no, I'm an entrepreneur. I've started two successful businesses and and that's what I teach, real-world marketing. You want to pass a test, read the book. You want to learn business, come to my class. You know, the word that escapes us all the time and the ability to teach it and colleges of business and all college students coming out is the word, I say, hunger. Hunger. Does a person have a hunger to have the desire, a hunger to be successful, to all of a sudden create the tenacity to be successful? I remember when I was running my first business, my son called me not long ago, it was actually less than a week ago, and said, Dad, I want to know, what was the key to your success? Was it education or was it how hard you worked? And I said, you know, looking back on it, the key to my success was I was too hungry. I didn't want to freaking fail. I didn't want to be the one guy in my class that didn't make it. I wanted to win. And because I wanted to do win, I was willing to do just about anything to be successful. Well, I, I think that's that's very well put. I know that you know what drove me was the fact that I was either going to be successful or be poor. It was a choice that I had to make. I do I want to be successful, then I'm gonna to have to pay the price and I'm gonna to have to work hard. I worked full time, went to college full time at night, got my got my bachelor's degree in four years. I got my master's degree in one year going to going to school full time at night. It was that hunger. It was that hunger because I didn't have any place else to go and I just refused to lose. Lose is just not an option. It doesn't work with me. That's just a really nasty word. But we don't teach that anymore. You know, take marketing courses or take any business course, Mark. We teach these things in a bubble. We teach these terms and these theories, and that's fine. That's great. You get your education. You can have a piece of paper and not be educated. And that's why I don't teach that way. I teach real world. You know, recently I've, I've been coming against kind of formal education, which you're involved in. I have been involved in greatly because the vast majority of college professors have never made payroll. And that is what I call the acid test of whether a college professor needs to be sharing with this young group of talent out in the marketplace. Do, are they, are they really, 
are they really experts? If you've never made payroll, in other words, if you've never been responsible for 25 people to be paid before you're paid, do you really have any business teaching others? Well, that is exactly correct. And it just drives me crazy. I'll never forget how many nights that we would stay at those plants, the controller and myself, there were three of us allowed to sign checks. And we were f- trying to figure out how we were going to pay those union employees, much less everybody else. And if you've never had to experience that, and when I opened my own business, the first Five years, and, and as wife, my wife is my witness, the first five years of that business, we worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day for five years without taking a day off. And I'll never forget my wife saying, we have any money? I said, well, we got enough to go another week. And right. if you've never experienced that, you, sh- you shouldn't be in the classroom. Now, you, you knew me when I was a very young man. And when I was about 21 years old, my partner and I started a window cleaning business. And I bought him out for five polo shirts, and the business was mine. And he went to go be a stockbroker, and I kept cleaning windows. Well, down the road, I built a blind cleaning or bought a blind com- cleaning company and added it. And I remember one Christmas time doing an all-night job. Two nights in a row, we stayed up in an office complex all night long, taking windows or blinds down out of the windows and cleaning them and putting them back. And at the end of the week, my wife said, well, how much money do we have? And the reality was I used all the cash in my bank account to pay everybody else because now I've got to wait 30 days to be paid by this corporation. That's real life. That's real business. That's when you're not owed a damn thing by anyone other than yourself. That is exactly correct. You know, it's. I'm glad you tell that story because in in 1994, the business that I had at the time was tied into into sports, and we were really dependent upon baseball. And in 1994, baseball went on strike, and my competitors died. They were closing on on a weekly basis, and my wife, you know, and I always use the term, you know, the road to bankruptcy is paved with pride. And in 1994 and 1995, my wife cleaned people's houses and she, and she would paint pumpkins for the pumpkin patch that during the fall. My best friend was a, a golfer and he taught me how to build and repair golf clubs. And so my wife cleaned houses and I repaired golf clubs just to keep our door open. And, and that's willing to pay the price. People, that's, you talk about hungry, that's hungry. Yeah, you were very creative during a downturn in your core business. During that time, you leveraged what resources you had to make a living, and that's very exciting. Yeah, well, I've seen you do it. Like I said, I've known you for over 30 years, and and the first day I ever met Mark, I I was running a manufacturing plant here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I saw this guy cleaning windows, and and I called the uh, the plant engineer, and I said, hey, what's going on here? He goes, he owns a company called No Marks. That's Mark Lewandowski. I'm going really. I said, well, "Why are you? Where does? Why is he cleaning my windows?" And the plant engineer said, "Well, you told me to get the plant cleaned up, so we hired him to clean the windows." That's the first day I met I met Mark, cleaning windows, and because of his drive, and I fed off of that too. Over those thirty years, Mark's been my mentor, and I fed off of just his hunger, his drive. He he just doesn't do failure, and I love that. I feed off of that. You know, we've been we've been very transparent that you were a media reader when you got out of college and I cleaned windows, but there were lessons that we learned that allowed us to pivot from that point and create, take those lessons and do something really special. I know last year that you sold your business and now you're retired and enjoying life and playing golf with me. But what are some of the lessons that you learned 
by having a small business or by starting at the bottom that helped you get to the top? Well, I, I learned there's three or four, and I like to discuss them if we have time. I'll never forget the very first lesson I learned. It was early in my career, and I was working in the accounting department, and I was being uh, trained by this lady who I thought was old at the time. She's probably in her 40s, right? And somebody went by my desk, and I made an off, off-the-cuff comment, and, and it was shouldn't have said what I said. And she said, young man, can I give you some advice? And I said, what? And she said, you might want to be careful what you say. You never know who your boss is going to be. Well, years go by. I'm climbing the ladder. I'm fast-tracking it. And now I'm a materials manager for a company uh, in Oklahoma called Worthington Pump. And my boss quit. He was vice president and general manager. And I knew that I was going to get that job. That that was I was going to be the youngest vice president and general, ma- general manager for the company. But during the previous six months, I had been working with an outside consultant uh, and he and I were like oil and water. We just did not get along. We bumped heads every day, and we were putting in an, an elaborate inventory control system and scheduling system, and it was all under my uh, my authority, and I just fought this guy and fought this guy and fought this guy. And so my boss leaves. I know I'm, I'm already spending the money. You know, I know I'm going to get that job. I get a call from the president of the company. He said, I'm coming down from New York, and I'll see you in the morning. I thought, oh, great, he's coming down to give me the job. You remember what that lady told me years and years before that? You might want to be careful what you say. You never know who your boss is going to be. The president of the company walks in, sits down, and he goes, you're not getting that job. I said, what do you mean I'm not going to get it? He goes, the outside consultant's going to get it. And and he became my boss. So the guy you've been bumping heads with became for months boss. became your boss. Yeah, and what I learned is the most dangerous weapon in the world is a human mouth. Man, isn't that the case? That's a fact. <clears throat> you know, the, in all my years of cleaning windows and working hard every day, waiting for my opportunity to springboard into the pharmaceutical business, which I've now done for 23 years, I think the thing that I learned the most that I'll never take back is I didn't understand the business as well as other people, but I understood people. I knew my customer better than my competitors. And if you understand people, if you learn to understand the psyche of your potential buyer, you stand a very good chance of being successful. Well, now you're you're starting to flirt with one of my, you know, my passions. And and I live, breathe and die marketing and I just think what we what we do not only in the business world but especially in the educational world it's almost financial child abuse. I mean, it really is what we're doing with with these students and our employees. And and we, what we do you don't, what do you mean financial child abuse? What does that mean? What are we doing with our students and our employees? Well, um, first of all, we don't we don't teach them. Number one, we don't teach them how to create wealth. Okay, you can go all the way back to the seventh grade. We teach six years of English, six years of history. We teach political science. We teach. And we tell them, oh, you need to get a you need to get a high school education so you can get a good job. But we don't teach them how to create wealth. But Nick, how can I teach Latin if I don't speak it? How can I create? How can I teach creation of wealth if I have no wealth? Well, that's a good point, and and, and the answer to that is we all we have to go back to the secondary education and start there. I I really believe that. But it even gets worse. You graduate from high school, you graduate from college, you've got a piece of paper and you know a bunch of terms. And as we all know, and I don't care, pick a course, you can take economics. We take micro, macroeconomics. We learn the supply curves and the demand charts and we shifts and all this stuff, marginal cost. 
and we forget it a year after we're out of college. But what we should be teaching is how business actually works. And it starts with, number one, why are we in business? We're in business to make a profit. You remember what I said earlier? You walk into that place of business and your intentions are not to increase the net income of the business, then you're waste. We don't teach that. All right. Number two, we don't teach what marketing really is. And that's the edge you were skirting with, which is getting close to, to what I'm very passionate about. And I have to be careful because yeah, you know, go off I'm telling you, we're going to back <laughs> off because our second our second uh, version of this podcast, which will be next, we're going to be talking about marketing from Nick Redwine, who may be one of the great thought leaders of marketing of our time. So we're going to be doing that in our next podcast. So I don't want to touch on that too much right now. However, I want to keep talking about what are those things that you're seeing within those people coming out of college now that they're not getting in college that they really need in life to be successful. I don't think they understand the business model. I don't think they understand the business puzzle. I really don't think, you know, you major in accounting. Great. You know, accounting, but do you know marketing? All right. So you majored in management. You got your degree in management. But do you know marketing? You know, we, it's like it's a it's a secret science somewhere. Every almost everybody thinks, and again, we're getting into our next our next podcast. But everybody thinks that marketing is sales and and advertising, and that's where that's where I really get I get going because it's so much more than that. But that's what I'm seeing is we teach business courses in a in a bubble in a vacuum. We teach terms. We don't teach how economics marketing. Finance, accounting, all ties together. And the decisions that we make, the the impact that it can have on the net income of the business. And I always love to use, I love to use people on cell phones. All right. Now, now it's okay because I'm important. All right. It's okay that I check my phone and I spend 20 minutes out of an eight hour day. That's not very much, is it? Well, if you own that company and you, and you have 75 employees and they're spending 15 minutes on the, on the phone and you're operating off a 19% profit margin, do the math. It's costing you big bucks that you have to do in sales to cover that loss in productivity. Okay, so what you're saying is that the concept of a management in HR about how long a person's on their cell phone, that that's really would be talked about in um, you know cell phone usage in your management class, in your HR class, but you're saying that connects directly to our finance class, and that's what we're not getting in college. That is exactly we're not correct. getting the global thinking. We're seeing a puzzle, the, right. but we're studying each piece as its own without ever considering how does this piece fit into the big puzzle to see the whole picture. Exactly. That's it. We do not bridge the gap. I mean, if we'll just think, if we just start, just start with a simple basic income statement, sales minus cost or revenue minus your expenses. All right? This is very simple. What's left over? Net income. Our job is to increase the net income of that business. I don't care what department you're in. Now think of this is really this simple. There's only three ways. There's only three ways to do it. Increase sales, lower costs, increase productivity. And that's where everybody starts. Everybody be, becomes a, a thought processor, use the word thought process, processor that way. How do we do? How are we going to increase sales? By applying the more principles of marketing. But people don't know what marketing really is. They really don't get it. And then you take the next gap. Well, okay, you can apply the principles of marketing, and we'll talk about it in the next podcast, if you don't understand the economic world in which we live. You know, it's like, I, I'm believing open book management. 
I really do. I'm a big believer in that. You set the employees down. You don't have to break it down into detail, but you show, you show them your revenue. You show them your expenses and go, what can we do to increase our, our revenue, lower our cost, and increase productivity? We'll stay off the phone. Okay, <laughs> there's a good start. <laughs> and so that's my passion. That's my my point. And then we bring in marketing. We really we really teach our employees what marketing really is because everybody markets. I mean, think of it this way. It's not a question of whether you're going to market or not market your business or service. No business can avoid marketing. The only question is, are you going to do it good or bad? Are you going to do it better than your competitor? Are you going to wake up every day with a fire in your belly to stomp your competitor with the appropriate blend of the marketing? Let me finish with saying this. Thank you for this one podcast. When Nick, when you moved to Dallas to start your store, there were 90 stores that competed with you. 125. 125. Okay. When you ended and sold the company last year, how many people were left? Five. Five. And we were we turned our our brand into probably one of the top brands in the United States and Canada. Everybody knew our brand. And it was really all about marketing. Now, you know, when you hear me say this all the time, luck is not a strategy. So next time we get together, you and I, we're going to talk about marketing and the kinds of things you did to create a brand, to market your business, and to generate very loyal customers. I'd like to say thank you to Nick Redwine, my special guest. Nick is a professor of business. He was a 23-year entrepreneur. Before that, he was an executive with one of the largest manufacturing organizations in the United States. And it's absolutely my pleasure to have Nick Redwine with me today. Thank you, Nick. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. Hey, guys, this is Mark Lewandowski thanking you for joining me today. I'm really excited that you're enjoying the content. It means a lot to me. And I want to encourage you to go deeper into this content by visiting my website at marklewandowski.com. On that website, you're going to find more information like blog posts and all of the other topics we've talked about thus far. And while supplies last, I'm going to give you a copy of my book called Rattle Your Cage. It is a bestseller, and it's an idea stimulator. It's designed to help you kickstart your ideas, get more and more out of your day, more and more out of the way you think, and I'm excited about it. So go onto my website, go to the Connect section, fill in the information, and I'll send a book to you right away. Again, thank you for being a part of the special things we're doing. Tell your friends and your family members where you're getting this good content. And remember that sum is not a number. Soon is not a time. And damn it, luck is not a strategy. 